Seventh Avenue Pizza, the official pizza of the Soda Pod. The Soda Pod, the official beer and hockey podcast of Seventh Avenue Pizza. From a conflicted state of being here, covering and caring about all Minnesota teams, welcome to MNCAA, brought to you by the Soda Pod. State of Hoppy here, alongside uh, two very friendly people here, uh, and Drew Cove and Nick Maxson, covering the bloodbath that was the matchup of the week in Minnesota. Holy crap. At first, I mean, before we just go nuts here... uh, I know we're we're past that. We all got to celebrate the wild win last night as we record this on Wednesday evening. Everyone at least in like okay spirits right now. I'm feeling great right now. I don't know about uh, don't know about Nick though. God damn it! I, I, I you know I kind of feel like Marcus Foligno with the Spartan jump punch. That's kind of how I feel right before then. That's how I feel. <laughs> Lovely, lovely. All right, well, let, let's just get right into it then. Uh, so, Drew, from a gopher perspective, talk me through the play of controversy that everyone's aware of. Again, end of the game, we have a, well, what everyone is coining, a missed call that immediately led to a gopher goal. Game over. Uh, solid 5% swing in pairwise. Yeah, shut up, Maxon. And uh, uh, just tell me, gopher perspective, what do we got here? Um, well, I think from the Gopher perspective and the Gopher fandom perspective, it's a good thing because they got to win, and uh, uh, not necessarily the call, it. but the, the results. Yes, I waiting for that one, but uh, no, it's uh, it, it was obviously yeah, the ref missed it. The ref didn't see uh, some kind of jersey pull, some kind of hook that. that not also, we do agree on something. I mean, I'm I'm not going to disagree with that. I'm not going to disagree with that at all. I think it looks like it definitely looked like a. It, it, from a result standpoint, it worked out for the Gophers, but uh, I don't think, uh, obviously, uh, that that's uh, it's a it's a missed call. And I think, uh, um, yeah, the ref probably going back and looking at it saw and said, you know what, that's that's definitely a big one that uh, uh, didn't have didn't have the angle to see correctly. So it's uh, it, it it worked out for the Gophers, didn't work out for uh, the Huskies, but uh, uh, it ended in a split. I got to say, I did predict it right last week. Uh, even though I did lose the debate, I, I got the prediction right. Even there though it, it is. A little bit no, of a... no, it's it's Buffalo Wild Wings, Maxson. He he like pulled the trigger that like blinded the ref for five seconds while that play happened. So we could, uh, oh man. Ugh. All right. So you you tell me why is Perbic such a coward who dives? Oh, why uh, defenseman turning on his uh, outside edge when his jersey's tugged uh, should deserve an Oscar for the performance of a dive? Right. Are you kidding me? I mean, ah, uh, first of all, a couple for those who don't know, so maybe some tidbits. The NCHC commissioner Josh Fenton was in the building during this contest. From what I know, now mind you, I was in the studio, I was in the replay room. I had 16 camera angles to watch this with. All 16 cameras also caught the theft that was worse than the Mike Richter word. Yes, I'm gonna continue to stick you on that because that's there's oh my god, dude. He rushed from the press box goes fucking all the way down the way. to the back end of the referee room where apparently a conversation took place. Now, first of all, can we can we just get – first of all, what 
the statement the NCAC put out was a nothing burger. I mean, I, I've had better cheeseburgers at McDonald's. I sat in my microwave for a week and still tasted better than that fucking piece of shit. Um, number two, honestly, are you kidding me? For the Gopher fans who, who are going to say, oh, I'm a St. Cloud guy, and that was a dive. Obviously, I've never put on a pair of skates in their goddamn life. That was unbelievable. Number two, pairwise, does it really affect us? No, because we're still going to be above you. We're still going to be looking down and say, hi, guys. We're, you know, the loft party. Well, you guys are sitting down there, waiting, you know, in your Big Ten, your Big Ten conference. Come on. I mean, I, I just, I can't believe it. Um, I just, I, I really, I, I'm a loss for words. And usually words are my thing. I'm you a don't sound like it. You're, you're saying a lot of words right now. <laughs> there are a lot of the same ones, honestly. Uh, but but I mean seriously, uh, the to be fair to the referee, and I hate and I really hate saying this for Drew to you know. And uh, thank you, Drew. Thank you for this because honestly, the only thing I can think of was he never saw from his ankle. He never saw the jersey pull. However. Where the effing hell was the other backside ref who had a perfect angle on that? Why was his arm not up? And you know it's bad when every single player, including the player that commits the foul, goes, wait, whistle isn't blowing? Okay, screw this. And then continues to play to a wide-open Sammy, uh, you know, Sammy Walker who buries it. He's got the skill to be David Reddick, who, I mean, everybody's caught off guard on that. So I got to give the Gophers credit that they know how to play without a whistle. That's cool. Um but at the end of it, we were able to get inside Miriuchi. We are able to uh, leave your captain speechless in the second intermission when they asked him, hey, guys, you're creating a lot of chances. How's it going to, you know, what's going to take it past Rennick? He literally was like, well, they play the right way. We play about pucks. And actually, I'm just going to give you this whole nothing burger answer because I have no effing clue how we're going to get past David Rennick. So I'm okay with that to go into Miriuchi and actually earn the win, whether, you know, you can give the ref a paycheck and then come out with a herd with a steal. So I'll give you that. Maybe we, maybe we should offer this deal here, uh, Scott, here. Let's, let's see if the Govers can steal the the conversation here because I don't think they can. Yeah, no, and I just want to say, Nick, it, it makes me so happy. It warms my heart to see that you've clearly gotten past this. Like, you've accepted the, the ruling given out and you've moved on. Um, man, uh, I, I mean, obviously, I, I think all of us here know that should have been called a penalty. I, I don't think that the uproar and anger like yes a lot of it is from the missed call but i don't know like drew you tell me i feel like a lot of the blowback and people freaking out online is because of the way bob motzko reacted to that call <laughs> no call sorry i i think that was definitely it right away too and i know he he kind of he, he talked about it on his radio show and uh, in in kind of media availabilities too and kind of he definitely says you know what i don't want to come on and question the character of a guy he recruited I think, uh, especially with with regards to Nick Perbix, but so then why do you do it? Um, uh, so I said I, then, yeah. Let's just you know get the premise out of the way, so I can smack <laughs> him upside the head no matter what. So whatever, Bob. Yeah, but uh, I mean, I, at least uh, his reasoning for uh, obviously afterwards saying, you know, it's the heat of the moment, it's emotional, and uh, uh, I guess going with that uh, response right away was that course of action. But uh, yeah, I, I just it, it seems like it's got to be because with all the history with the with Motsko and. Boyne as well, and all the the ties that St. Cloud and Minnesota really have now, especially with the brothers too. Um, it seems like, yeah, that that was definitely a lot of the a lot of the blowback. But you know, it's a it's a, it's obviously what's done is done, and uh, uh, it's just it's fuel on the fire for a rivalry that's obviously very competitive. That's for sure. I need to add something with that because mm -hmm. you know, 
for Bob Motzko to come out and say that, first of all, for those who think that whatever Bob Motzko says is God's word, um, no, he didn't write the Bible. He did not. Um, you know, he's going to protect his team. He's going to protect the, you know, the conversation that is now it was the right non-call or whatever. Give me a freaking break, man. I mean, seriously, um, you, it was the best college hockey game that we've had so far this season between two clubs. And you could almost argue to depend obviously we don't know, but it could go down as one of the best college hockey games with the worst stain on its, you know, on the end of it that we've seen all season and may see all year as well. So, um, I get it. You know, he's got to say, you know, some of those things to a degree, but to go out and, you know, attack, you know, like that, where it was a total dive and he knew it, give me a break, Bob. I mean, come on. Like that's, that's one level too far in my opinion. And, you know, I, I wish there's, there was more chatter about the beeline that coach Brent Larson went over to the referee circle after that as well. Like, you know, for, for Brett to be, you know, cool, as calm, as collected as a human being is, I, I haven't seen him that many shades of red uh, it's more than 50 shades of gray. I'll tell you that much. It was 50 shades of red and they were, they were smoke pulling out of his ears. And, and if I'm in his shoes, I, I'm doing the same exact same thing. That was just, I don't know how you missed that. I just really don't. That's fair. And I, I got to ask though. So Nick, take me through the day. Like what did you have for dinner before the hockey game? What did I have for dinner? Well, considering that I was broadcasting the women's game as well, I didn't have anything for, for dinner. Maybe that was the problem. Maybe my you blood sugar as well. no, I'm Not just at all. trying to understand. So, like, because we're talking through all this, and I'm getting a lot of your points, but like, I assumed you must have like missed the end of the third period, like destroying a bathroom or something from eating like a bad burrito. Because <laughs> you're talking about the missed call at the end of the game, which is again absolutely happened. You're not talking at all about the missed calls at the end of the third period that impacted the Gophers closing that game out before overtime. Care to so, comment? So, so if you're gonna call, if you're gonna talk about missed calls back and forth, I mean, you know. At the end of it, the impact of this missed call is the one that's in fact impacting paralyzed implications. It's, it's impacting, you know, possibly the the mojo of the players on, on both squads. I, I mean, you talk about season turning moments. That's what the overtime uh, non-call slash play ends up, you know, going. I don't know if you can have that same level uh, in the third period. You know, you know, yeah, does it lead to a power play or at least to not a power play? Sure. Uh, I just don't think the impact of those calls nearly replicates what happened in overtime. No, so. I, I feel that. Like, because essentially, like, if there's a power play at the end of the third period, a goal is scored, that no call that happens in the overtime that doesn't exist is probably equally as impactful on this game, right? If you want to throw that there, but that's not what happened. What that's at the end of the day, you know, you if you can want to rewrite history, that's fine. Well, it sounds like that's what you're trying to do by getting the no call in the end of OT. I don't actually. And here's and here's what I'm going to throw back at you. I am okay if the Gophers still win that hockey game and they do and let's just say okay, they call a dive. Well, I'll give you that argument, right? Let's let's call Nick Perbix for a dive and the Gophers end up still scoring whether it's even strength or 5 on 5. I'm not as, I'm not as upset by that. I'm also not as upset if the if it's the Huskies that are committing that foul cuz my argument is then that's a stupid penalty to take. And one, first of all, what the hell are you doing chasing a guy behind the net three on three? You know, that's dumb. So your coverage already is bad. Number two, not a not a great play to take in overtime. So no, I, I it was just the it, the way that everything trans, you know, uh, transpired in that short amount of time, one thing led to another, which led to that. I think that for me as a fan of the game is why I'm so upset. It's not necessarily that it's against St. Cloud or against the Gophers. That was a hell of a hockey game. It really was. And instead of talking about two, you know, 
top five uh, schools going at each other for two games. And mind you, the first game, very, very physical, very, very heated um, at times. Um, we're talking about a missed call from the referees where he's human and he makes mistakes, and here we are. No, yeah, that's about, yeah, that was about to be my next point, too. Just think about, too, just generally, obviously that leaves it a bad taste in everybody's mouth, but you think, man, these two teams are bad. I mean, the Gophers have obviously been can, kind of climbing back uh, ever since the coaching change, um, and St. Cloud's obviously really hasn't missed a step, and they're even better than they were when, than, when, than when Bob was there, but it just – for the state of the game in, in Minnesota and seeing that second period, I think, especially just that high flying back and forth action, man, was that a, like that, that game. And just in, in the second game specifically, I mean, just like, and the building was just nuts. It's just, that place is so fun to watch a hockey game. Uh, it, you, you just love to see. You're I think talking about the herb, like, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm talking, I'm <laughs> no, no, talking. no one's talking about 3M arena at Mariucci. I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that's not a, not a bad place to watch a game, but I'm just saying it's a, it's a, it's a, that, that game, I think in that second period and hearing the action was just indicative of where the sport is and where the, the sport at this level is. And the, you, we just got to, I think we got to not necessarily take a step back, but just really enjoy it because it, it's not, it, obviously we've seen that it's not a permanent thing uh, for all these teams to be good and all these rivalries. And obviously with, all the conference changes and a lot of those rivalries were taken away, but it's uh it's good to have them back. And I just got to say, you know, it's, 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 it's as a hockey fan. Oh man, it's uh, this is that type of, that type of game. Uh, the way, mostly the way it was played was, was a great thing to see. And more so on that, Drew, you know, we, we, you know, what we talked uh, with coaches and players here uh, this last Tuesday, you know, a little bit of the aftermath, but more so, you know, for St. Cloud, you know, yeah, they get their, their feet wet with St. Thomas, but then they have to go down to Mankato. They've just welcomed the Gophers at a split. You know, for both Minnesota and for St. Cloud, the fact that you have these rivalry games and you have these top five opponents that you're playing against, uh, you're playing playoff hockey. That was what some of the players told me this week was, you know, this is playoff hockey and it's week three of the season. I haven't even hit conference play yet. So you talk about what this could do to elevate both the Gophers and the Huskies as they head both into conference play. Um, you know, and I think Jim Rich, uh, Mark Parrish, and uh, Pat McLeod said it best. You almost hope that these two teams meet again, and the only time they could do is in the NCAA tournament at some point. And knowing how you know the organizers of this event usually like to pair these teams, it's all going to be in one regional, probably in Nodak, because why not? Because uh, you don't want to see three Minnesota teams against Frozen Four. So uh, I think it's a very good chance of happening. I think the Big Ten is wide open for Minnesota to grab it and just run with it. Um, and I would love to see, um, you know, another third rubber match between these two squads as it would be just fantastic. I mean, number one team in the country also happens to reside in the big 10 and just put a beating on what was the best Minnesota team going into this weekend. But I mean, it's still crazy. Like, like we got four top five teams from Minnesota, any like gripes with the rankings as they sit today, Mankato, St. Cloud, Minnesota, Duluth. Like, is that pretty spot on or like, I think it's spot on. Yeah. I don't have contention at all. I mean, I think Michigan is proving that, you know, their talent is, is, you know, superior. Um, you know, we'll see come playoff time if that, uh, experience factor comes into play. Uh, you know, it's yet to be seen, but I think right now they're, they should be the number one team. Um, I think Mankato is right. I think St. Cloud is right. I think everything is right in the top five. I really don't have any gripes about it. And honestly, for at least for me, for saying, I've been a St. Cloud, 
uh, hockey follower, we know what happens when we were number one. We tend to uh, you know take our foot off the gas a little bit. So it hasn't really built well. It's that president's trophy curse. So uh, I'm okay. You know, honestly, I know that as a player, you probably want that number one ranking to you know to be the big dog on campus or around college hockey. But I think just as a competitor, you want to have something at least to look up to and to, you know still be hungry for. And again, this is only week three. You have still got plenty of hockey to play. You got to earn every single win. And at the end of the day, put Michigan up there. That's fine. They, they, I think again, they deserve it. And uh, let's go get them, boys. You know, you, you got to prepare, and you're going to have a lot of competition that's going to prepare you for that matchup whenever it happens. And that's fine. So I have no gripes about the rankings at all. Yeah, no, you got to, and especially when all these these heavyweights are kind of just beating up on each other early on too. It, it can always try and skew things a little bit. I don't think it's done that, but, and sometimes I think with Michigan too, they deserve to be there now too, but you know, the Gophers saw this for a number of years where you have all that first round, you have that NHL talent. How, how well does it stay uh, as a team, I guess, going on as this kind of maybe focus wanes and say, okay, am I going to, am I going to sign an NHL contract or something like that? So, I mean, obviously those get, not trying to, question those guys is like investment in the game but it's just reality and you can get a paycheck you're going to be focused on focusing on going to get that paycheck and if you're a first round talent they have a lot of those guys obviously but and that's just i was a little surprised when minnesota got that got picked to win the big 10 out of the coaches too especially with all that talent for michigan that michigan has but you know what i i think it seems it seems about right right now especially with just the national rankings and that top there and the one thing about Michigan too, they're a little top heavy. I mean, yeah, their top end talent is incredibly good. What's no, I'm not taking anything away from them, but their depth, I don't know. I'm not sure about their depth. So but we'll see. Again, you know, it's it's a game of, you know, when you get to the NCAA tournament, it's a it's it's a term of one game, right? So it's yeah. you know, and and the Huskies, there's no question that if they want to replay UMass 10 times, they might win six, they might win five times. It's not, and it doesn't look as a lopsided as a five nothing, you know, uh, a game that they that they lost to. I, I don't think that's you know indicative of you know of a true matchup. So I don't know. We'll see. You know, time will tell. And there's still plenty of hockey to play. Fair enough. And then so we had Gophers number four take on number three Huskies. Now they take on number five Bulldogs. What are we thinking going into this weekend, Drew? How do we expect this to match up? I mean, I think it's going to be a lot of the same. I haven't been able to see a lot of uh, the Bulldogs play, but just that same heavy style. I know um, their goal, goaltender Fancy is doing, uh, obviously taking much of the the work and playing really well so far um, for, uh, I guess, just early on, small sample size. And it's tough with goalies too. Just like it always takes a long time for goalies to, to mature into the level at which they need to play. And obviously it takes, sometimes it takes a few games for a, a, a squad to, to kind of re just get back into the season and and, and figure it all out uh, the way they they planned on it I guess but um, I think it's going to be kind of a similar series the way against against St Cloud I wouldn't be shocked again if it was a, if it was a split but um, maybe and who knows maybe it's uh, it's one and one uh, both away wins uh, again this time this time around like it was this past weekend but um, yeah the Gophers got a lot better I think um, defensively um, not entirely but they still had they still had some turnover issues. Um, but I think the forward group really locked it down. Um, not obviously not entirely, but they locked it down on a level they needed to beat St. Cloud more than Mercyhurst, if you get what I mean. But um, it, it just it, it's a matter of being able to roll those four lines like we talked about last week. And, and they're getting to that point. They're playing a lot of those young guys, uh, which obviously could be a little bit worrisome for some people to say, oh, wow, there's a lot of freshmen out there. There's a lot of guys who haven't played college yet. And. I mean, a lot of them are showing that they can really that they can really 
really play at this level early on. I mean, four games in, they're really they're really proving their worth. That would be guys like Matthew Nyes, um, Chaz Lucius. I, some of those guys are really like making an impact so far. And I got to say, Bryce Brodzinski too. I mean, this guy this guy looks like he need four goals already. I think he's going to have a breakout, but that's kind of beside the point of the original question too, you know, but it's a, he, he could have another big weekend and it seems like he might not have, there, there could be a big weekend in store for him every weekend now, just depending on if he can really get space and get those shots off that he knows he can really rip past goaltenders. I think there's a, an opportunity for the Gophers to expose a, a little bit of UMD that's lost some firepower off. Front, honestly, yep. um, you know, uh, 10 goals for 10 goals against already in four games. So they're not scoring much uh, by contrast. St. Cloud in six has got 22 goals on the season. So I kind of give you a little bit of an idea of where they sit in terms of the NCHC uh, picture there for statistics. But uh, Scott Sandlin, you know, the, the one thing he preaches is always defensive structure. So he's always going to be uh, trying to, you know, get in shooting lanes, getting in passing lanes. And that's fine. The problem with Minnesota, uh, I should say Duluth against the Gophers, is that eventually I think the Gophers show that they eventually they can get uh, the cycle going, especially down low, and uh, get their uh, defense involved. Uh, they eventually will wear you down. So, and that's my one fear against the Bulldogs is I think Minnesota just has enough, like you mentioned, Drew, uh, enough firepower, enough depth where I think Duluth just doesn't have enough offense to respond. Now, again, Duluth has oftentimes relied on defense to, to sometimes frustrate you and get uh, get ahead just by not letting you score. Uh, but again, Duluth lost a lot of firepower this last offseason, so I still give the edge to the Gophers in this matchup. Yeah, especially when they get into the offensive zone. You know, it's just like the Gophers have so many mobile defensemen, is it kind of what I like to call them, and just they, they can they can get space they can really they can jump up in the play too in the rush not to mention that but it's there's they just give i think they give the forward groups some more options they give they give them some more space and if they're being really pestered by that uh, Duluth D you know it's just they're going to be able to they're going to be able to find their way out of some trouble and make some space where they're really where a lot of times there wouldn't be some with uh, with some guys that are more stationary in the offensive zone but yeah i think it, it could really come down to um some kind of third third pair defenseman and uh and some some bigger bruising bruising forwards that i can really just wear the bulldogs down and just kind of keep them you know just keep plugging at them until they until they they break uh even ever so slightly just for a little bit yep and now nick over to you two good things have ever come out of the state of wisconsin quick trip no well that's part of it, I guess. All right, three things. Cheese curds are a given. <laughs> but, I mean, there's good cheese curds everywhere. They maybe kind of invented it. But, no, Quick Trip being founded there. Delicious hot food items, especially their breakfast. And Phil Kessel, who left Madison and went to play for the Gophers. I need a guarantee. Promise me that you're going to go in and absolutely embarrass the Wisconsin Badgers because fuck Wisconsin. Uh, I don't really think I have to say much because yeah, that is what's going to happen. Uh, this Wisconsin quad, uh, squad for those who can talk today, my goodness. Um, <laughs> you're thinking about Marco Rossi, huh? I think so. Yeah. My yeah. gosh. Yeah. Marco Rossi. Right. Um, no, Wisconsin is there. They lost uh, a lot of, you know, speaking of offense, I mean, Cole Caulfield, not there anymore. So that really hurts the, uh, their production up front, but, uh, under Granado, it just seems like this team just, you know, at least as far as defensive, they're, they're like Swiss cheese. They're, they're very soft defensively. So I think the Huskies again can really, you know, kind of, ex, you know, just similar to the Gophers and Duluth this, the, this weekend, I think they're going to be able to expose Wisconsin a little bit on their back end. I just don't think that they have the skill nor the strength 
um, and the structure really to hold the Huskies back. So I think at home, especially the Herb, and especially a little bit of, I think, still some leftover chip on their shoulder from this, you know, this last Saturday, um, you know, I think they're going to be wanting to go out and prove that, you know, and, and probably a little bit of frustration being let out too on the Badgers. I think they're, it's an inferior opponent. I, I, I think we're going to have the brooms come out this weekend here at the Herbrooks National Hockey Center, West Wisconsin, coming into town. Sounds so beautiful. Thank you. I copyright awesome. that just by the way. No. <laughs> there we go. Stamp that shit. All right, boys. Any any parting thoughts here? MNCAA last weekend, what we're looking at moving forward. Micheletti being soft and not wanting to jump on because the Mavericks are up by. Well, first of all, uh, yeah, it's a buy, but uh, what happened up this weekend? Can anybody remind me what happened? That's why Anybody? he's not here. That's why yeah. he's not here. <laughs> That's why? Okay. Uh, uh, parting thoughts, right? Uh, I think the Huskies, again, are, you know, again, they'll use this weekend to kind of get back them uh, back on defeat. But then you get to the NCHC conference, and, uh, you know, they're going to be 100% battle-tested and ready. I think they travel to Colorado College, which uh, uh, under Chris Mayotte, again, a former Michigan assistant, I think they're going to have uh, that team, although they're superiorly – they're going to take some years to get – some of that talent back down there, but I think he, you know, they're coaching in the right way. That team is already looking like they're slightly improved. Um, uh, but I, I, just, I think the Huskies are going to be ready to roll for the NCHC title. I, I think they're going to win the Penrose this year. And I think having these really tough opponents here, these first couple of weeks are going to have them ready to go and play playoff hockey already. And we haven't even reached November yet. So uh, that's my parting thoughts uh, over to the, the rodents on the front lawn. How are you looking? Hey, I just got to impart some, uh, some big 10 thoughts here too. Generally just about Wisconsin too, you know, it just, they always seem to take once a few steps forward, then a whole bunch of steps back right away. They have all these guys depart, and this is one of those down seasons, I think, for them. Obviously, they had one of the ups last year with some of their talent, and bam, they're gone. And then now it's time to kind of retool slash rebuild. And they'll, they'll, it'll, it'll always, they're always kind of frustrating. And to be a while, they always seem to have decent talent ready to go and ready to come up, and then they leave right before anything's able to happen. So, um, but yeah, I think. Obviously, with that, I think the Huskies are going to have a have a good weekend there. But uh, um, but the Gophers too, I think, like you said too, just facing these heavyweight teams up front is going to prepare them well for the rest of the season. Obviously, uh, with Duluth, uh, kind of the split home and home here, it's going to look good um, for the Gophers uh, to get even just a split here, and then they they go out and face Notre Dame, and Notre Dame's a team that's not going to be able to. I don't think really capture, they didn't really capture much last year at all, but I don't think they've retooled to the level that they were at a couple of years ago now. And they're going to be able to face some inferior Big Ten uh, opponents up until obviously they have to face Michigan. Um, but I think it's a good, it's a good stepping stone for the Gophers. Uh, not, not that Duluth's able to walk on, not, not trying to insinuate that they're, in, they're an opponent that's uh, not really up to their level, but uh it's going to be a good building block for the rest of the season to kind of face these really tough tasks now. Um, but that's just the way I see it. But, yeah. and I got to say one more good thing that came from Wisconsin. Uh, I'm a big line of Kugels guy. I so can accept that. That's uh, it's that's, not, it's that's, not in the tier of the three that were named, but I will accept it as like an yeah. honorable mention. Yep. So I just had to, to, to get that part in shot, you know, just a, a plug of someone that's not paying me to say anything about them. So. <laughs> we'll, we'll shamelessly plug yourself too. So we'll start with Drew, then Nick, just quick parting again, anything that people should be on the watch for this week, this coming week, anything you're working on. Yeah. Add Cove Drew on Twitter. And uh, I just uh, came out with the story uh, Wednesday, just uh, something about just how Jared Spurgeon could look. This is kind of on a wild standpoint, not a gopher standpoint, but who knows, maybe you're a wild fan if you're watching this too, but 
Um, you probably are. Let's be honest. So uh, depends <laughs> on the just day. Got a story on the, yeah, he's got a story on Jared Spurgeon. Just kind of how, how kind of a big season he's poised to have, and with the Olympics coming up and the leadership capabilities and stuff like that. So but go to uh, 10krings.com to read more of that. And then uh, for me, obviously, follow me on Twitter at the Puck Scribe. Uh, obviously, uh, this weekend I'll be at a wedding, but I'm uh, working on a segment that will be airing during uh, this weekend. It's called a Hockey and Chill. So we actually cut clips for head coach. I film it, I break it down, and we have some nice, fun graphics that uh, kind of you know go a little bit dissecting how plays develop, how they execute. Uh, and for this week, maybe some face-off and maybe some forechecking breakdown. So it's a nice little two and a half segment. And uh, thank you, Adobe After Effects. You're a beast, but uh, you're also really fun to work with. So uh, catch that on Fox Nine Plus this weekend. Uh, Again, Huskies and Badgers again, uh, doubleheader Friday, Saturday. Love it, love it. And since we don't have Mankato coverage this week, this segment has been brought to you by the official beer of Hockey Day, Minnesota. It is the check, the cross check pills from our great friends at Mankato Brewery. Uh, now we're going to toss it over here to our good friend Ryan Stieg, who's going to take us through what we can expect here coming up for University of St. Thomas. Thank you, boys. NFL fans, hungry for a big win this week? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state or province yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLE. With me, as he is every Friday, to bring to you... Well, gosh, now you've got me a little confused, Steve, because we went through and we had uh, those emojis for every team as we made in one of our posts. And you weren't thrilled when I posted the shield. You, you told me that it's a tiger, and then someone else chimed in that it's a tomcat. And I, I don't know what it is, but uh, why, why don't you introduce the team that you cover? <laughs> Well, I cover the University of St. Thomas, I cover the men's team and the women's team for my site, the TripleDeek.com. It's hard to really come up with a logo for St. Thomas because there's the Tommies and there's no like straight up thing. You know, I mean, you went with the shield, which I get because that actually technically is a logo that they have, you know, the, uh, but um, it's like, so I was trying to think of mascots and right now their mascot's a tiger. But the logo that they use to like market is a Tomcat, which looks very similar to Northwestern's <laughs> mascot. So it's it's hard to really pinpoint a, a, a little emoji to use <laughs> to describe. But if we want to go with the shield, I think it's good. I think it's. Accurate. I like it. 
All right, fair enough, fair enough. So tell me about the Shield then this past weekend. I mean, break it down for me. Good and bad. What's our takeaways? Well, when I, I look at the Lake State series, it's it's kind of funny. It's similar to Northern Michigan. They went up to the Upper Peninsula, lost two games, but at the same time looked really good. On Friday night, they scored first, um, only lost 3-1. It was a tight game. St. Thomas looked pretty solid all the way through. Saturday was an interesting one. Um, they fell behind 2-0, rallied to tie it, um, fell behind again, and then pulled within one, and then it's <laughs> and then it was just then they kind of piled on goals like that. So it was it was good moments again, but still two losses. And when I talked to Rico Blasi, he said, you know, we're, we're getting there. We just need to figure out how to finish the job. We got to find a way to win games. We know what we need to do. Now we just have to do it. And uh, they came close again. I thought they'd get swept. Um, but, um, they were competitive. I thought it was, I thought it was better than what they did against the Northern series and they've looked pretty solid against Northern. So yeah. I, it, I wouldn't say they're taking baby steps. These are more like, I want to say like toddler steps, if you want to put or like preschool age steps. <laughs> so if we go by, they're, they're, it's, 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 it's crawl, walk, run, and they're at the walk phase. Yes, very much so. They're, uh, um, they've they've made a lot of progress. It's just it's not showing up in the win column. So I will eventually, though. It's it's just it's a matter of time before they get it. And I mean, you you said right, like they always say, we know what to do. We just need to do it. You say it's building blocks. It's putting together a full sixty minutes. And let's face it, right? This is a team that was D three a year ago. Is <laughs> mm-hmm. the it, like what's the the time frame here? Like, are we saying? After Christmas, we can't use that excuse. Are we saying after the first season, you can't use that excuse? Are we saying after the first two or three seasons, you can't use that excuse? Like, where's your cutoff? Not for them to be like a real contender, but to get past the, yeah, we just need to put it all together. I I think, you know, you can probably use that excuse throughout the season. I think when you use, um, haven't we gotten the first win? I think when we get to Christmas, you can maybe say like, okay, you know, it started the new year, it's getting into January. We should have probably have won a game by now. If that hasn't happened yet, yes, you can throw that and say, okay, what are we doing? With the season, I think everybody just needs to say they're going from D3. As Rico's told me, and I put in one of my features, a lot of these guys haven't played hockey <laughs> in a long time. Like yeah. some of them didn't really play much on their D1 teams. They were kind of bench players or maybe fourth liners at best. So they didn't really get a whole lot of game action. And then you got people like Lucas McGregor, who I wrote my feature about, um, who didn't play hockey for two years and is just starting to get into it. So it's yeah. it's a basically a guys who are trying to do the best they can and have made better progress than I think a lot of people have expected. But it's just, it's okay. Now they're on six, you know, they just need to get that first one. I think when they do it, it'll be not just an accomplishment for themselves, but I think it'll be kind of a, see, this isn't just, this isn't a, this isn't like uh this could take forever kind of a thing. I think they've, I think this year you can make the excuse of we're going from D through to D one, but next year you can't really say that anymore. I think your first year is always going to be the toughest one. And that's kind of what they're going through pretty much. 
fair barometer. So going from this past weekend, now looking forward again, every week is going to be that building block. We're looking to this next weekend. Like, what do you need to see that you didn't see last weekend? And really, like, what are the expectations going into this matchup? I think, you know, <laughs> the thing I didn't see was a win. <laughs> that's just, so, I mean, yeah, yeah. So if they, um, so that's what they need to do. I think, you know, when you look at their opponents so far, they, you know, they started off with a very, very difficult St. Cloud State team, which everybody knows is really good and has been for quite some time. You go to Northern, who is, who got better, came out on a surge at the end of the year, almost made the NCAA tournament. You have like State, who was in the NCAA tournament um, last year. There's a lot of good teams to start. The, if there's a good thing going into this series, um, St. Thomas is playing for a state who is coming off probably the worst year they've had as a program. It was a real disaster last year. The team was hit hard by COVID. They didn't win a WCHA game last year. If I remember correctly, their only win was against a team that was not a Division One program. So it was very, very hard and very uncharacteristic of a Ferris State team. Now, Bob Daniels has had a good, solid program for years, and it was just a complete mess last year but they're a different team this year they've they're one and three but they could very easily be two and two or three and one now so um i think it's gonna be difficult as always saint thomas but this is in my opinion their best chance to get a win and it's just because ferris is coming off such a bad year and they're trying to build back up again. So if there was if there's a team to play right now that St. Thomas could maybe surprise and get that first win, it would probably be the Bulldogs right now. Um, they go to Arizona State next week. That's going to be really tough. It's a long trip. And Arizona State is, you know, <laughs> they're hard to predict. So, but that's next story. We'll focus on Fair State. Um, it's, it's going to be interesting. And the fun part is... They're at home. St. Thomas is finally getting to play a game on their home ice in Mendota Heights. It um, it should be very interesting. My guess is it probably be a sellout. You know, it's going to be the big thing, you know, this weekend. Fortunately, I won't be able to be there to experience that. <laughs> but um, it should be a lot of fun. So if you're in the Twin Cities and need something to do <laughs> on a Friday or Saturday night, go check it out. It should be a, It should be a fun game and competitive because – you know, Ferris is kind of rebuilding this year. And although it looks better than they did last year, there's mm -hmm. still got some holes there. So St. Thomas could very easily get a win this year, this weekend. Love it. And you already teased the McGregor article. Obviously everyone needs to go to the triple and check that out. Anything new coming up that they should be on the watch for Steeg, or anything you want to shamelessly plug here before we say goodbye for this week's episode. Well, we, um, you know, this week's a little bit of a quiet one on the site. Um, I am going out of town this weekend. So um, it's, um, I do have a, obviously a weekend preview for the men's team and the women's team for St. Thomas. And I'll be posting my predictions for the weekend for the CCHA. Um, it's just, it's a quiet week just because I'm going out of town this weekend. So I'm trying to get everything done before I go. But, you know, next week we'll get back to the thing. I'll be kicking out feature stories and we'll <laughs> get back into the routine. It's just kind of a busy week, but uh it should be fun. Um, I hope you guys still check out my stuff and I'll keep churning out content as much as I possibly can. Everyone be sure to go check him out again. 
not only at the website, but at Ryan Stieg on Twitter. Thank you so much again, Ryan. Always great chatting with you here on these. Well, I guess we don't record then, but on these Fridays for the good <laughs> folks listening in. Go Tommies. Let's get that first win or go Shields. I'm going to call them Shields from now on. Fuck it. Go Shields. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Well, hey, appreciate it, buddy. And now we're going to throw it over to our friends with ECH. Good old James Murray to talk about our Bemidji Beavers. With us for the first time here for the Friday MNCAA segment, you all know him if you're at all tuned in to college hockey here from his work with ECH, everything college hockey. James Murray here to represent the Bemidji Beaver coverage. James, thanks so much for jumping on, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, I'm very excited to be here. I'm excited for college hockey to be back this season and fans to be in the building. Uh, It's been a hell of a start to the season so far. Oh, man. And and now... You and I were kind of shocked when we both agreed with each other last year when we were doing predictions for the Frozen Four. Like until the the play-in game where they lost to COVID, you and I were both just all about Michigan winning the tourney. Yeah, of course that didn't work. But I mean, talk real quick just about the number one team in the country and like, do you think that they can go the distance here? And we talk about the one-game playoff at the end of the year. Um, yes. You know, when it comes to one game though, it's who knows anything can happen. It's college hockey after all. They're just 18 year old kids to 20 year old kids, maybe 24 if you're different league, but <laughs> big 10, they're 18 years. I mean, Michigan, yeah. it's a young team. And, uh, I'll tell you what, I watched them play, uh, Duluth at, at, at Amsoil. Uh, was that last weekend, two weekends ago, last weekend. And they have four lines deep. I was saying this on my podcast the other night. They have four lines deep of skill. You know, there's not a grinder line or anything. It's just four guys that can be first liners at any other team. So mm-hmm. it's going to take, a, you know, I talked with my guy Connor about it. It's going to take a perfect game from the other team to beat them. And it's probably going to have to be in front of their home, you know, the other team's home crowd. And you cannot go to the penalty box once because they can move it like no other. So I really don't see them losing this year. I don't, I don't know how they're going to lose. You know, they beat the best goaltender and Dryden McKay in the country last weekend by one goal. They almost lost that one, I guess. But I mean, I don't know who's going to beat them. St. Cloud, maybe the Gophers, who knows, but. Yeah, I was going to say, it's really interesting that you say that, like, because in the Big Ten, it's literally just the two M's, right? It's Michigan, it's the Gophers, and they're they're built very similarly, right? Like, it's a similar team, just that you see the bigger star power with the, you know, top-tier picks with Michigan. Yeah, yeah, I I agree, and uh, I'm going to go watch the Gophers again Friday night. They play uh, number four, or number five, Minnesota Duluth, so another in-state rivalry for them. Um, But I think the Gophers freshmen have uh, really impressed me so far this season. Um, especially Nyes, I think that's how you pronounce it, number 89 oh, for the Gophers. man, Coopers. he shocked me. He, uh, he's, I think he's two years max there, and that's just to mature a little bit and get a little bit bigger and faster. And But he's, yeah, for sure a show guy. Um, Tristan Burroughs, too, he's very good. And uh, But just the guys that have been there before, I mean, the Gophers look fantastic. I watched them uh, play St. Cloud at St. Cloud for homecoming on uh, last Saturday. So <laughs> Just talk about that for a second then. The the end yeah, of the game, uh, like what, what, what are your thoughts? My thoughts, I mean, obviously a penalty, they missed it. I get, you know, my initial thought, I know one of the refs too. I'm not going to say his name or anything. It wasn't <laughs> his fault, but I just think, um, I talked to him in between the intermissions too. I I, ran, I was in the tunnels and I ran into him. They're like, oh, what's up, man? But, um, you know, no one wants to call a penalty in overtime, especially in that game when it's tied and a sold out crowd. Like there's not, there wasn't a seat open in that place. 
Um, and no one wants to make the bad call, but to not call that, like, it, I don't know, in a way it ruined the game. I think the Gophers outplayed St. Cloud all game, but um, except for the first, but other than that, like, you can't call that, that penalty. I mean, you got it. I mean, you can, but you got, you got it there, but like then St. Cloud wins the game, you know, like most likely because their yeah. park was lethal, but I don't know. It's, it's a toss up. But the fact that the NCHC came out and made a statement about it, I was like, okay, they messed up. They messed yeah. up. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the picture that I post on our Instagram is clear. He's literally holding on for dear life on his Jersey. And then the guy falls. I mean, he even stops skating. So he knows it's a penalty. That's, that's when you just got to call it. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. And now let's get into it then. Like Beavers, we already heard it. Isha, Isha, if he was to adopt a team today, that's his <laughs> squad. Holy shit. That's, that's something. That's uh, talk, like, t- tell me here, like coming into the season, I know like you came in, had them pretty aggressively ranked into the consensus rankings out there, right? You had, right. I think 10 overall. I did. Yeah. So, I mean, tell me, what are we seeing right now? Like, do you still see them being that team? Have you learned a little bit about them now? You know, whether it's the loss of a Driscoll or just seeing how they stack up with the other squads. I think the consensus right now is around 19, maybe. Like, what what do yeah. you think of your squad? Yeah, um, I, I love what I've seen so far. Um, Duluth, you know, that, that that series versus Duluth, home and home. Like, they've played in front of two tough crowds now at Minnesota Duluth and at North Dakota. They almost won both. It was 1-1 late in the game at Duluth, and they ended up edging North Dakota in overtime last weekend. But, you know, it's, it's an older team. Obviously, a, a WCHA, well, now CCHA team. But it's the like same group of guys for the most part. The freshmen that I came in are ready to play. Like, they're big guys. They're, they're skilled. Um, the only thing that scares me that maybe puts them down at that 19 mark is they don't have a goaltender that's their everyday guy. But that's, mm-hmm. that's all right. That's all right. I mean, they're such a defensive team that that goalie is going to be okay. Whoever it is, whatever night it's going to be. And eventually, maybe someone gets hot. You never know. It's very early in the season. But, um, I mean, the Seligen brothers, they they impressed me once again, like they did last year, but this first couple weekends. Um, Ross Armour has been a good good guy for them. And obviously, Samoza, their captain, um, he's just he's, he's a threat. So, um, I don't know. I think the Beavers are going to be okay. Like that, like a, we, we talked about off air, they're always in every game. They're losing by one goal if they're going to lose. So, yeah. No, oh, that's their brand, man. It's stranglehold. It's frustrate the opposition. It's blue I mean, collar. Yeah. I mean, number seven, North Dakota beat them by one goal on Friday night, and they lost to them Saturday night. So, And Duluth beat them by technically, you know, one goal, despite the one empty net goal, I guess, to make it a two-goal game, but mm-hmm. one goal each night too. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I think every team's going to struggle with them this year, and I think they're a bubble team to make the tournament once again. And like I talked with my uh, – my, my co-host the other night, I was like, I think all Minnesota teams are making it once again this year to the tournament. What's your thoughts? Well, well with, with, with the asterisk there of St. Thomas, of course. Well, yes, of course. <laughs> but I no, I, I do think, I mean, obviously there's still a lot of season to see played out, but yeah. I don't see how all five don't make it in. I mean, Bemidji is the one that's most on the fringe out of all of them. But like what, what you talked about, though, like this is a team that they're not going to get blown out in any games. They're going to go in and compete with everyone. Mm-hmm. If you come in and you're not ready or you have an off night, like Bemidji's the team that's going to just absolutely embarrass you because you just don't oh, know what's coming I at mean, you. They got nothing to lose, right? I mean, they're yeah. no one no one gives them any praise. Um ever. They're they're up in the middle of nowhere in Minnesota, like they don't have much fans. I mean, it's a small community, but every every fan they do have is the most loyal fan in the world. So, that's what I witnessed in my time up in Bemidji and um I will say no if they if they lose a star player like Samoza or Ross Armour or one of the Sillinger brothers, that's going to really kill them. Um, yeah. But they did get Cardelli back, one of my one of my buddies up there. Um, he's the fastest guy on the team. They didn't have him for the tournament run last year because he was injured for most of the year. 
Um, but now he's back and he looked great. Um, but I think it's just a matter of time for them getting their chemistry down and then they'll start edging teams by one goal. They're not going to beat teams by two, three goals. That's just not sure. Not all that they do, you know, <laughs> that's, that's not their style. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, they could possibly beat, you know, the a, a Gopher team or Michigan team just by playing super defensive. Like you never know They're, they'll stick with those guys. I guarantee you they will, but they might not win, but they'll stick with them. So well, let, let's let's talk about the tourney last year, man. Like I, I I can't help it. Like that was a nooner to open up the tournament in the middle of my work day. Like I had to like check myself a couple times to make sure mm-hmm. I wasn't throwing the beers back too hard when they fucking punished the Badgers. Yeah. Nothing, nothing yeah. in this world makes me happier. Talk I'll never forget that day. Uh, I called off work. I'm pretty sure my boss knew damn well what was going on. <laughs> knew my team was playing at noon and I was just hammered by noon. Uh, <laughs> And we're up after the first and it didn't get any better for me. And uh, the beers kept going. And then all the, you know, my boys were over my whole staff and everyone's like, holy shit, they got a chance at this. And, um, you know, as soon as they're shutting Caulfield down, it's like, you know, big 10 teams, they don't know how to play versus the the older guys. They don't know, you know, the the CCHA teams or WCHA last year, they're hitting people. And that's why, that's why you saw Mankato beat Minnesota. They, they hit them. They gave them no room, no, no, nowhere to breathe, you know? So, um, it worked. It worked. They shut down Coffin until the end. Then he got he got two, but it was too late. And <laughs> yeah, too uh, late. Everything went right for the Beavers that game. I'll say that. You know, uh, Baidoon, Wisconsin's goalie probably had the worst game of his career. Like everything went the Beavers' way, and it was uh, good for the school. Good win for the school, though. For sure. And kind of going off the Cole Caulfield track there, mm-hmm. like just looking holistically across college hockey, because I know you're covering all of the teams with your boys there. Mm-hmm. Who do you see being like not the I'm not looking for the Hobie Baker winner. I'm looking for who you think could be the guy that jumps in, say, come playoff time for the NHL and just yeah. shocks people how they can just jump in and dominate so quickly. Yeah, I think uh, Matty Beneers, now that he's not, you know, obviously the Kraken won't be in a, a playoff spot this year. But, uh, I mean, he's going to be effective right away in the, in the show as soon as his time after he wins a championship this year with Michigan, most likely. Um, but I think uh, a guy that's uh, not drafted, but a guy that will be signed, Matthew Koprud, out of Arizona State. I talked to him yesterday, and uh, that guy, all right, start to the season. He's got seven goals, six assists, so 13 points in six games this year. How um, are you? And how are you? Yeah, he's he sits in Ovechkin's spot, but he's a lefty, so the other circle. Okay. And uh, he's got four power play goals this year, I think, four or five, just sitting there and just ripping it. So um, he, you know, not the fact he needs to get a little more speed, but he's a guy that's going to get signed. And I, I posted about it yesterday, actually. And then in my comments on my personal, I said, Minnesota Wild meet Matthew Copperu <laughs> here. Because this dude, I mean, his shot is unbelievable, and he just has a knack to score. So um, I think he's going to go somewhere as soon as the season's over. But other than that, I mean, there's a lot of guys that have great skill. Guys, Sammy Walker for the Gophers, that guy's going to the show. I mean, he's ridiculously fast. I didn't uh, think he'd come back this year, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I mean, I – I knew because I talked to him, but I, okay. you know, a lot sure. of people, a lot of people didn't think he was coming back. And um, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that the lightning have won so many cups here and um, the roster. I don't know. He didn't get the, he'd get more playing time with the Gophers obviously than he would the lightning. Right. This so it was knew. just an interesting spot there though, where like it, it seemed like the whole bottom six of the lightning was gone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right. That, that point too. And, but for the Gophers after the Ranta went to the show, I was just sure. like, all right, Sammy's probably, and Reedy went, I was like, all right, Sammy's probably gone. So I talked to him. I was like, are you leaving too? <laughs> He's like, no, I'm staying. <laughs> please stay. <laughs> I was like, please stay. <laughs> but, 
Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad he stayed. I, I saw him after the win at St. Cloud in, by the locker room there, and he's he's happy to be here, and so are all the guys. Um, but, yeah, I, I, there's so many guys in college that could have a big year. Um, I, I, putting me on the spot, I mean, I can't tell you how many guys. Sure. You think all the Michigan guys could go if they wanted to. Yeah, Maybe no not go, but <laughs> to the AHL at least, I mean – yeah. I don't know. It's it's early. It's early, but those are my those are my top two guys right now. And everyone talks about, you know, a Dryden McKay, right? Like how yeah. long do you think the transition period is for a guy like that to actually step in and play semi-meaningful, even if it's back up in the NHL or like one A, one B type competition? Like, how long is he gonna have to kind of pay his dues at the pro level before he gets that? It's tough to say and depends where he goes. Yeah. Um I his height doesn't favor him, but he was on my podcast two weeks ago. Great kid. Great kid. And his, his head's on straight. That's for sure. Um, he's got the demeanor and he's, it's, I've interviewed a fair amount of NHL players and he seems like he's been in the show for five years just by talking to him at least. So I hope he gets a shot. He definitely deserves a shot for heck. He's about to, you know, break Ryan Miller's record this weekend of shutouts and NCAA hockey. He just needs one more to get to 27 and that will do it. So um, they play Northern Michigan this weekend, so it's a good chance it's going to happen. Either that or Ferris State next weekend. He, he's going to get one of them. So, Jeez, yeah, it's, it's happening. It's, <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> so I think he definitely deserves a shot. Now he does have the best defense, in my opinion, in college hockey in front of him. So who's, who knows? I mean, now when when you say best defense, James, do you mean like talent, or are we talking like Mike Hastings, like the the defensive structure? Mike Hastings, just defensive structure. Yeah, okay. I mean that they're just so well coached. Um, like I tweeted at, you know, you guys the other day, just being on that, I sat, like, it was an empty arena for the Amsoil game, for their game versus Providence, but second period is like, oh, no one's sitting right there. I'm going to go sit right next to the bench. And, you know, there's no glass in between. I can hear everything they're saying. But the, the demeanor of his whole team was just eye-opening to me. You know, I've been on the Bemidji bench. I've seen it. I've heard some negative talk. This team, it was a tie game at once, or they're up or whatever. The mentality does not change throughout the whole game. It is just nothing but positive things from the coaches. Usually the head coach doesn't say anything. Mike's pumping them up. The assistant coach is pumping up. The equipment guy's pumping them up. All the guys are pumping each other up. It's always positive. And if it's negative, they're talking so calmly. It felt like I was at a practice. Like, hey, man, let's, let's yeah. do this differently. But it's it, the chemistry is there. And they got, like, I think Dryden said 10 new guys this year. But it seemed like they're all returners from last year. I mean, it's just it's insane, yeah. They're good. They're good. And I don't <laughs> Yeah, they're going back to the Frozen Four this year. I just don't see them. There's no way that there's they're not. They're that good. Well, and you kind of took it from me there. Like I was gonna say, it's obviously easy to say right now because they're the top ranked out of the Minnesota teams. But like yeah. holistic MNCAA outlook, like who do you think has the best chance to contend? Like at any point in the the tourney at the end of the year to you know upset a Michigan or to win the whole thing? Yeah, I think it is Mankato and it is St. Cloud and obviously the Gophers. Now they proved it. They beat them. I mean, yeah. Kind of, but it's, it's, it's those, it is all three teams right there. I mean, those teams can beat Michigan. Okay. So um, Duluth though, isn't in that tier for you? Not yet. Not yet. I did not like what I saw. They did. They had a tough game. Uh, I think, you know, Wyatt Kaiser was a little banged up before that game in Michigan. And they lost Noah Cates to a, a BS five minute major, in my opinion, for the whole game. So that really hurt. They were up one zip, but then they gave up five. I think that's, I don't know. Duluth yeah. has something to work on, but then again, you do not want to meet the dogs come playoff time. So no, you don't. Sandlin um, knows what he's doing just yep, a little yep. bit. Oh, and so what do you think then, like going into a matchup this weekend, like the Gophers, right? Yeah. What do you need to see from the Bulldogs to make you like kind of change your tune? Be like, okay, yeah, maybe they're right in that tier too. 
Yeah, a sweep, I guess, would be the easiest thing. I mean, <laughs> they're going to see the most talent they've seen other than Michigan this year. I think um, the Gophers are a little more approved than Michigan. Michigan knows they're the best team in the country. Yeah. The Gophers are now being overlooked by two other Minnesota schools in their own state and every state. Uh, they don't like that right now. I'll tell you that right now. I've talked to the guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've seen some heat via text from a couple of players like, what the hell, man? Like, come on. I know you're a Gopher fan at heart. You grew up a Gopher fan. You got two teams in front of us, plus your Beavers. Make that three. It's like, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> but I think the Gophers, you know, definitely – they both need a sweep. They both want a sweep. It's it's a huge rivalry, old WCHA hockey. It's going to be two packed barns this weekend. I mean, I just think Duluth, they, they need to show me more offense. That's the only thing that I haven't liked out of them is – the offense hasn't been there compared to other school, other teams that I've seen in the past that they had um, not as much star power. I would say little, yeah. you know, they kind of played Bemidji style hockey in every game that I've seen, um, you know, when they're beating Michigan, it was one zero and they couldn't get anything going, just getting the puck deep and no, they didn't create any real offensive chances. So, but that will come. It is the dogs hockey. They're, you know, best coach in college hockey, him and Hastings, Sandlin Hastings. And yeah, I mean, a couple others, but they'll figure it out. You know, they'll definitely improve like every other team will, but, um, I don't know if they could beat a Michigan team right now, though. Fair enough. Or anytime soon. So we'll see. Right. Yeah, no, we'll definitely see. And so talking then back to your Beavers, like <laughs> kind of like we talked about for Mankato, right? Next shit, handful of weeks, teams that you should beat the shit out of. Like that's point blank. You should beat yep. these teams. Yep. And it's not Bemidji's game. Like you said, they're not going to go in and just blow the doors off. But like, <laughs> What, what are you expecting going into Northern Michigan? Like, what do you need to see happen to cement in your mind? Like, yeah, this is a team that's going to be playing in the tourney. Yeah, like a, a, for sure a sweep, but not just beating them by one goal, a couple goals. You know, that's a team that you need to beat. I think the CCHA is weak this year. I do. Um, Bowling Green especially lost a ton of players. Um, obviously, Huntsville is out now. Um, Anchorage is out now. I, I mean, I remember being in Bemidji and, God, we lost one to Anchorage, and I was just like, we're done. Season's over. It was middle of the season. Plenty of games left, but just like you can't lose to those teams especially for pairwise, especially if, even if you do make the tournament, even in the back of your mind, you lost to Anchorage, but now you're going up against a Michigan team. Like who knows? Like, I don't know that for me, it's for, it's for Mankato. It's for Bemidji. They have to, you know, they're going to obviously lose a couple of these games, but you got to try to get sweeps out of all the rest of the CCHA teams just for pairwise rankings. Cause none of these other guys are even in the top 20, top 25. So I was talking to uh, Micheletti about it. Uh, Alex, the other night, was it last night? Last night. We're both like, man, both of our teams need to win every series, sweep every series just to have – Mankato doesn't, but, you know, this if they do lose or get swept to one of these teams, that's really going to hurt them. Yeah. yeah. No, I – yeah, that, that's what makes it tough. It's a double-edged sword. We're like, yeah, you should go and walk through it, but if you don't, you're kind of screwed. You're screwed, but at the end of the – these all – you know, they have guys that played USHL and guys that play in the NL. They're, they're still skilled teams. They're Division one sure. players, and they're all kids. They're going to they're gonna lose some games. They're going to win some games that they're not expected to, so – I don't know. It's going to be tough. It's going to be interesting to watch. I mean, um, obviously all these teams are being overlooked too in the CCHA, so they got nothing to lose. Like let's go win a game. Who knows? It'll be interesting to see, but yeah. Fair, fair. And I asked you this a couple times last year when we just had this MNCAA segment on Sundays, but hmm. like looking across the country, cause like, again, a lot of the people here, like they have one team in Minnesota or watch all the Minnesota teams and know that Michigan's good. That, that's pretty much as far as it goes. <laughs> like who are the under the radar teams that like, yeah, they're not going to be top five at any point this year, but watch out because they're the ones that are going to scare people come tourney time. Yeah. Um, it's a tough one right now. I think BC got a lot of good transfers. Tough, tough loss to Bentley this week, and that opened some eyes. Uh, six to two, too. It wasn't even close. 
But uh, another one for me is Omaha. Um, former golfer Brandon McManus transferred there, but they've got some big wins. They they look good to me so far early, and they got embarrassed by the golfers in the tournament last year. They're they're coming back for blood. So I think Omaha is a good pick. Um, any of those NCHC schools, um, right. obviously North Dakota. That's a, that's an easy one that you know they could do it. But um, I think Western Michigan's on the border too. They look good to me. I've watched a few of their games here and there. But um, yeah, I think Omaha is my number one pick as far as surprising other people maybe they don't know about them surprising other people in the tournament this year yeah and but before we let you shamelessly plug away on all the shit you have coming up for ech like let's let's talk about north dakota for a second right because this is the team that was like top dog last year now yeah. they come back like have a lot of the same talent and they stole your goalie stud yeah. jeff driscoll like what why are they sitting at seven like why are they struggling against a bemidji why are they like not in the top tier again, where we're talking about, you know, the top five teams being Michigan and the Minnesotas. Yeah. Well, first of all, I hate their guts. Uh, not happy that Driscoll went over there. So I, I let them know about that one, but uh, no, I think they, they lost Jackson weather, uh, weather be there. And, uh, yeah. and that really hurts him. You see, he already got a goal in his debut with the show in the show. So um, I said, Jackson, I meant Jasper has cut that. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, I think that that last really like set him back to start the season. You know, he's in class with the boys. Uh, Driscoll's playing tennis with them a week before the season starts. And next thing you know, he's gone. You lose your top score like that, that's going to hurt you. Obviously, they lost Kawaguchi and, and guys like him and Kirstead um, from after last season. You know, those are their big scores. So now someone else has got to step up. But they got the best recruits still in, in the country. So um, I just, I, I don't think, yeah, I mean, you lose your top scores and, uh, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, especially at the beginning of the season too, that one, that weather be really hurts them, but I guess the recruits just aren't as good as they have been in the past. I mean, that's a tough question. I don't, you know, who knows? I mean, they're always favored no matter what, cause they're the number one hockey school, but um, right. I don't know. I don't see them getting to a top five this year. Do you? I mean, I just don't so far. I don't know. So far. No, but I, again, I mean, it, it is early. It is one early. of those teams that you always got to consider, but I just, weirdly don't see it whereas like coming into the year just like in the back of my mind like okay yeah. they got driscoll they, they've got a lot of the guys back like mm -hmm. how wouldn't they be but no that they, they really haven't shown that and one other topic we gotta hit on here because it's just an interesting one here for me yeah mitchell miller right obviously yeah. loses yeah. the scholar there but he's torching the ushl he's doing incredible like is this guy just destined for KHL greatness or do you see him getting another shot at working his way into the show? Yeah, I think he's got another shot. Um, and I think the kid, and that's another reason why they're number seven and not number five, number four, they lost him. So um, not happy with what he did, but at the same time, you know, we've all messed up. We've all made huge mistakes in our lives. This kid apologized. He's matured. And now he's got that on his side to, you know, motivate him to be a better person, to be a better hockey player. And he's going to do that. I believe, you know, um, I was, you know, I will say this, I guess I'll, I'm open to saying it, but I, I had messaged him and said, you know, I, you know, I believe in second chances, fuck third chances. Um, I might have you on the podcast to tell your story and, um, you know, say you're sorry and let's move on. Let's be better. Um, so I think he will get another shot though. Um, I think he's, he's too good not to, and it doesn't matter if you're good or not. I think he can figure it out. And then if he messes up again, then cut him. But. Yeah, and it's one of those things, too, man, where, like, in the heat of the moment, obviously, it's tough for him to talk about any of this shit, whether it's for legal purposes, whether it's the emotion of everything. Like, I'd love to actually, like, hear that, him jumping on your show and, like, talking through it. Yeah. I will say the one thing that bothers me is, like, yeah, he's, like, publicly stated he's sorry. 
has he to this point even reached out to the, the kid or the family or anything? Like my understanding was that that really hasn't happened. And that's why he still kind of rubs me the wrong way. But I, I am with you. Like I am a second chance person, but I want to believe that there's remorse there. Right. Yeah. You got to think, I mean, yeah, at some point you got to grow up. Obviously he's got a lot of maturing to do. Um, but like I said, he made, he made this mistake at what was it? 14 years old, but 15, like, you know, what dumb shit I've done since I was 15, 18 years old, whatever, even the couple past couple of years, like I'm, you know, everyone's still maturing, but uh, I got to think who knows if it's actually true, if he has reached out to him, but I hope he does if he hasn't, cause that's something that needs to happen. Yeah, uh, agreed. But uh, yeah, like I said, it doesn't matter how good of a hockey player you are. If you're not well-respected and you don't treat others, you know, better than your own self, then you're not, you don't belong in the league. That's for sure. No, nope, I hear you, man. All right. Shamelessly plug away. What do we have coming up here for the ECH boys? Where are you guys going? What interviews are coming up? What do yeah. we need to tune in for? Yeah. Um, I guess I got a video. It's almost done. It's getting, I've had to make a few tweaks, um, but we went to St. Cloud to open up the season for a third game for St. Cloud. So that game day experience is coming out. Then we, we then went to Bemidji, shot a game day experience for my alma mater there. And then the next night we went to Duluth, shot a game day experience for them. So all those videos are coming out. Um, Gophers is in talks to go shoot one for them. Nice. And then uh, Omaha's in talks. We're going to Clarkson and St. Lawrence this year to shoot a game day experience video. Uh, Michigan. Um, yeah. So all those game day experience videos are coming. We just released a podcast, number 88 of Pucks in Deep with uh, Katrin Lonegren today from Clarkson. She's top scorer for them and in the league. Um, next week, for your Minnesota Wild fans, we got Matt Boldy coming on. He stopped over at the studio last two nights ago. Um, Gave us a little uh, signed jersey to give to uh, the foundation that we uh, partnered with this year called Triumph Together. But, uh, yeah, Matt gave us a little signature there. Oh, baby. Uh, so that's going to go to a kid at the Children's Hospital in Minnesota here. So thanks, Matt, for doing that, for stopping that's by awesome. the studio. But, uh, yeah, so that's that's our next pod. After that, we got uh, a couple big-name players, something I can't confirm yet <laughs> as, far as, as far as timing, but plenty of big-name players. I will say Michigan guys coming on. Um, a first round draft pick. And then, um, yeah, after that, I mean, who knows? We got, we got, uh, Jake Weiss coming on from Ohio state as well. So yeah, we have a bunch of big guests coming on and some big things planned. And, uh, I don't know, we're excited to get as, to as many schools as we can this year. So, oh, the one other thing I will say is that we got a, um, sponsorship deal with beauty status as well. And we have a hat coming out with them November 12th, I think 13th. So, um, that's going to be a good hat. 94 of them. They will be listed at $29.99. So they'll be on Beauty Status website as well as ours. And we'll promote the, the crap out of that then. So um, as will we. Yeah. So that'll be our first hat on the market. First piece of merch on the market. We have some shirts that we give to players that come by and stuff. But right. other than that, yeah. So um, I'm excited for that and just growing. I think just having college hockey back and being able to post content every day is just a blessing. And we're thankful to be there and thankful for the fans that engage in it and share it. So, uh, and now being on a podcast with you again, it's, it's been a long time. <laughs> it's a long summer. <laughs> <been> a <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. You know, I think uh, all, all in all, I'm just, yeah, I'm just excited to have college hockey back and for us to be in Minnesota and to be witnessing all these great teams is, is great. I mean, it's good. It's good for us. So, and now we got the Minnesota wild with that. I was at the game last night and that game was, so was I dude. That was insane. Was Holy insane, shit. Man. I texted Nico after the game. I said, let's fucking go. And he's like, let's go. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that, so, yeah, that, that was probably the best live NHL game that I've attended. Yeah. I went to the game when uh, Garrett got five. I think that 
top. That's, that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. But I mean, that comeback was insane. I had money on the game too. So winning that one, I was just like, let's go. <laughs> Man, let's that's, go. that's that's fun. And I, I got to say, I got to give you kudos here because I know Isha's going to have to listen back and edit all this. <laughs> he is the guy who is like just notably has to like announce, hey guys, yeah, next week, guess who we have on the podcast? And then like inevitably, whenever as soon as he says that, I'm like, they're going to text and say that they need to reschedule. God fucking damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so I appreciate you being like, yeah, I can't confirm yet. So I just won't say because that's what Isha should do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that's 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 just it, especially with the college kids. They're they're all over. Their schedules get changed. They got to do homework. It's not just I just play hockey and then I go home. NHL guys are honestly easier. Once we once we initially talk to them and get connected to them, they're easier. The college guys are they have they're 18, 19. They have no idea. What I will say Matt Boldy was 20. That dude did not look 20. He's sitting right where I was two nights ago. Holy crap. This kid's huge. Right. <laughs> very mature, too. They're they're built different. That's for sure. But yep. Again, thank you so much for jumping on, man. It's going to be really fun ongoing now that we have real Bemidji Beaver coverage. Um, everyone, again, go check them out at Team ECH. James, where can they find you? My personal? Yeah, your personal. Uh, James Murray 96 and then underscore on Instagram and stuff. But uh, yeah, and then everything college hockey, obviously, on Instagram and, and on TikTok. So, um, but yeah, no, I thank, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. I'm always good to talk some college hockey and Minnesota Wild with you. And um, I look forward to the next episode. Yeah. If somehow you guys aren't already following Team ECH, which I don't know how that's possible, <laughs> go follow them every platform right now. Best college hockey coverage out there. Thank you again, and uh, we'll see you all next Friday for the next edition of MNCAA.
Week three of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week four with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off another action-packed week, DraftKings is giving new customers $150 instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Listen up, because you don't want to miss this. Head to DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 on any game this week to receive $150 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not yet available in your state or province, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $150 in free bets when you place $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only, new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit on $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, one 800 9 with it. Wait, please, please.